Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 667 for the 3rd of November, 2019. This week, Adobe has designated Photoshop elements for people they call memory keepers. And the just-released 2020 version of the application brings lots of improvements and several new features. In short circuits, if you'd like to refresh your ability to read, write, and speak a foreign language, or learn an entirely new language, Duolingo is a good place to start. And it's free. You've probably heard about malware being planted on websites. Nothing absolutely guarantees safety, but SiteLock's monitoring service is used on many sites, including TechBiter Worldwide, to even the playing field. In spare parts, only on the website, several actions are important if you want to avoid being doxxed by somebody who's seeking to ridicule you. Do you still write checks? If so, security expert Frank Abagnale says you should rethink that practice. And 20 years ago, the world was becoming increasingly concerned with January 1st, 2000, expecting a Y2K disaster. But there were some voices of reason. Adobe's Elements applications are often considered to be dumbed-down versions of their programs for professional photographers and videographers. That's an inaccurate description, though. While the Elements applications aren't designed for professionals or serious amateurs, they are designed to meet the needs of a specific group of users that Adobe refers to as memory keepers. Memory keepers, according to Adobe's marketing team, tend to be women in their 40s. That doesn't mean that older or younger men or women won't be interested, but only that the target market is women in their 40s. They're people who like to record family memories and share them in distinctive ways. They like to purchase objects made with their photographs, and about four in five like to edit their photos. The application can work with JPEG images or RAW images, Raw images are opened using a simplified version of Adobe Camera Raw before being passed on to Photoshop Elements. I wanted to start this review with some notes about the installation process. After installing the applications, you'll want to set some defaults in the organizer. One important setting tells the application which folders you want it to watch for new images. My primary photos directory has more than 70,000 images, and I did not want to import all of those while testing Elements 2020. So I created a new directory for Photoshop Elements pictures and set it to be monitored. By default, the Organizer component will look at the user's Pictures folder and possibly others, such as Microsoft OneDrive. Those who store images in those directories can simply retain the defaults. Each time the Organizer starts, it examines the watched folders for new images and offers to import them. If the photos have any keyword tags attached, you'll have the option to include them or ignore them. Images viewed in the Organizer can be zoomed from tiny to full screen and anywhere in between using the zoom tool. The user can then select one or more of the images in the organizer for editing in Photoshop Elements 2020. So let's take a look at three new features in this version. 
Most people have some old family photos lying around, black and white photos or maybe some with faded colors. Adobe's artificial intelligence system, Sensei, can colorize monochrome images and repair colors in faded images. As you probably already know, I intentionally look for images that will be difficult for the automation, starting with a somewhat faded photo of me with one of my grandmothers and a dog in the background. I first had Photoshop elements improve the monochrome image. That was a complete success. Darker blacks, more contrast, it's a much better image. Then it was time to perform the automatic colorization. Well, Photoshop Elements has both an automatic mode and a manual mode. The automatic mode provides four suggestions, and I selected the first one. What's immediately obvious is that Sensei did a great job of identifying the leaves on a grape arbor in the background and a lilac bush, as well as the grass. However, it mistook my hands for leaves and colored them green. Otherwise, the flesh tone was rendered well. The dog was recognized as a breed that's black and white. Overall, it's a successful job with a couple of misses, so it might be time to turn on the manual mode and make some changes that way. But even without doing that, the result is acceptable, and it's an improvement over the monochrome image if you're looking for a colorized image. Next, I gave Elements 2020 an image I expected it to colorize flawlessly, and it did. It's a professional photograph, perhaps from the 1920s, of a relative I don't recognize. This time, my preference wasn't for the default colorization that the application suggested. Instead, I selected the fourth suggestion. Sensei did an excellent job in detecting the face and the neck, the shirt, a jacket, a tie, a background, hair, and eyes. Now, not everybody likes the idea of colorizing old photos, so Elements 2020 always retains the original image. Overall, I like the effect on the portrait photo because it closely approximates hand-colored photos that were popular well into the 1960s. The colorization process worked surprisingly well with dark-skinned people, too. Photographers and photo applications have long had problems with brown and black people, even though all skin colors are the same. That's something a darkroom specialist explained to me back in the 1970s. Using a color densitometer, he could show that skin has about the same mix of red, green, and blue, regardless of its lightness or darkness. The difference is density, and it's good to see that colorizing works the way it's supposed to, regardless. The second big new feature is the ability to select an image's subject with a single click. Sometimes you have a photograph that contains a subject you'd like to add to another photo. That requires masking the photo and cutting out the part you want. Until now, the masking was essentially a manual process. Brush the mask on, refine the mask, and finally proceed to make use of the part you extracted. Photoshop Elements 2020 includes a Select Subject button on the Selection dialog. Without first doing anything, just click the button and wait a few seconds. For my test image, and you'll see it on the TechBiter Worldwide website, the selection was nearly perfect. There was a small area that you'll see illustrated on the TechBiter Worldwide website that wasn't selected, but the automated process got the hard parts exactly right. To complete the mask, I used the brush to fill in the area that was missed on my wife's arm. In this case, I didn't want to cut my wife and our new grandson out of this image and put them in another image. Instead, I just wanted to tame the background. There's a diagonal piece of light-colored woodwork in the background. It's distracting. So I inverted the mask and reduced the saturation of the background to zero, rendering it without color, 
and then darken the background a bit. The distracting element is gone. The third big new feature needs to be used with some care. Your subject might be an older person like me with lines and wrinkles or a teen with acne. In either case, smoothing the skin is helpful. Teens may want to have their blemishes removed entirely, but older folks may have a different opinion about wrinkles. For example, if you don't have wrinkles, you haven't laughed enough. Comedian Phyllis Diller said that. Italian film actress Anna Maganini said, Please don't retouch my wrinkles. It took me so long to earn them. And William Shakespeare, probably the world's most revered playwright, wrote, With mirth and laughter, let old wrinkles come. So tread lightly when reducing wrinkles. I downloaded an image from Pix Here, an online website that offers images with Creative Commons licenses. The image is a close-up of a man. And when I asked Photoshop Elements 2020 to smooth the skin, it told me it couldn't find a face. Really? The entire image is a face. Okay, so back to Pix here for another image. The second image I selected wasn't a tight close-up, so Photoshop Elements 2020 was able to find the face. The image, as I downloaded it, shows a lot of very deep wrinkles. I expected that setting the smoothness to its maximum value would be too much, and probably it was. The modified image might be better with the effect backed off just a bit. The application draws a circle around the face, and surprisingly this seems not to be able to be modified. Nearly every other application that masks selections this way allows the user to refine the selection by making the circle larger or smaller, changing it to an oval, or rotating it. Seems like a significant miss on the part of Adobe's developers, probably something they'll address in the 2021 version of the application. So those are the three big changes, but there are also two new guided edits that have been added to Photoshop Elements 2020 that brings the total to 55. Guided edits are designed to step an inexperienced user through a process of creating a special effect so that the user can learn how to do the process. For example, you might want to remove unwanted objects. When you have a photo that contains an unwanted person or object, Photoshop Elements 2020 can attempt to remove it. Again, I selected an image that's almost certain to fail in some way. The starting point was an image I had taken at the wilds. I didn't want the bus in the background. The bus is large and rectangular, so I used a paint-on mask to select the object I wanted to remove. The automated part of the process removed the bus, but it left some very unconvincing foliage where the bus had been. You'll see it on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The guided edit suggests using the clone tool to clean up the resulting image, so I did. You'll also see that there is a fence in the background and some power lines. I wanted to get rid of them, too. The clone tool works almost exactly the way it does in the Creative Cloud version of Photoshop. The primary difference is that where a Photoshop CC user would create a new layer solely for the cloned bits, Photoshop Elements duplicates the entire layer, and cloning is done destructively on that copy. I'm pleased with the results, though. And maybe the coolest of the new features, the ability to paint on photo patterns. Sometimes adding stickers to an image can be fun. Twelve patterns are included, and the user can brush them on or apply them to fill the photo. I had expected the fill option to cover the subjects, but Sensei Magic identified the subjects and kept the fireworks that I cloned onto the picture in the background. There's also a tool to erase any unwanted stickers. 
If you choose paint, you'll have options for size, scatter, and opacity. If you choose fill, you'll have only an opacity slider. When the stickers have been applied, another option becomes available to blur the background. These two new guided edits join the 53 existing guided edits and make the program a good value. So the bottom line here, 5Cats Photoshop Elements 2020 offers great value for memory keepers. Even if you aren't exactly in the 40-year-old female target demographic, Photoshop Elements might be the right choice for working with your photos. Powerful editing capabilities are simplified for new users with guided edits for those who want to reach a bit and an expert mode as the user's skill set grows. This isn't an application for professionals, but it is an excellent choice for anybody who wants to get the most out of their photos without spending a lot of time and effort learning the intricacies of Adobe's applications for professionals and serious amateurs. You'll find additional details on the Adobe Elements 2020 website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, it's been a long time since I was able to read, write, or speak Russian with even minimal proficiency. I could still manage to accuse someone of stealing my pencil and ask why. Or claim not to be a Russian spy. But those statements actually prove not to be very useful, at least in general conversation. If that describes your current mastery of a language you were once fluent in, or at least spoke haltingly, Duolingo might be what you need to improve. Duolingo is a language learning application that includes language proficiency assessment exams. Although the service is free, Duolingo has a premium service that is not quite free. The premium version eliminates ads that are shown in the free version and adds progress quizzes to track your learning. If you check out the TechBiter Worldwide website this week, you'll see the headline on this section appears to be in two languages. It is in Russian. It says, do you want to speak Russian? The last part is in Spanish, and it says, or perhaps Spanish. Currently, 90 language courses are offered in 22 languages. Development began in 2009. The initial public beta went live in 2011. Duolingo's website notes that everyone learns in different ways, and the service can analyze how millions of people learn to create an effective educational system that can be tailored to each student. If you wonder about that 90 language courses in 22 languages, that reflects the need to support both the learner's language and the language being learned. For example, Russian for English speakers, English for Polish speakers, and German for Italian speakers. English speakers have the largest selection of languages to learn. Speakers of all other languages have at least English as a language to learn. The online materials can be used in conjunction with classroom instruction, 
and users select their own pace from extremely slow to insanely fast. Because Duolingo is available using a browser or with an iOS or Android app, users can work with languages anytime and anywhere. And it's a big change from the old traditional approach that bores learners with lists of vocabulary words. Instead, Duolingo uses a variety of systems. One example, a Russian speaker says Moy Ryokzak, and you're asked to click buttons to indicate what words you heard and in what order. The next screen shows a picture of a backpack with the word Ryokzak below it and two other pictures with words below them. It asks which word means backpack. You'll also be asked to speak words, phrases, and sentences after listening to a Russian speaker say them. Translate written or spoken Russian to English. Translate written or spoken English to Russian. And along the way, new learners are exposed to Russian cases and verbs without explicitly being required to learn noun declensions or verb conjugations. Sometimes you'll be asked to write a word in Russian, but your device doesn't have a Russian keyboard. Duolingo recognizes transliterations, so the user can type P-A-P-A, -P -A, Papa in English, and Duolingo recognizes it as P-A-P-A, -P -A, Papa in Russian. When Duolingo uses a word for the first time, you probably won't know what it is, at least until you begin to understand how Russian works. Well, you can guess. If you're right, you'll be rewarded for getting the correct answer. If not, you'll be shown the right answer, and Duolingo will work the term into the lesson several more times. Duolingo says that it tries to make learning fun so that learners will continue to be motivated. As I noted earlier, people learn in differing ways and for differing reasons. Some people just learn for the sheer joy of learning, and they tend to stay motivated regardless. But it's easy for someone who's trying to learn a difficult subject, another language for example, to become discouraged. When lessons are enjoyable, discouragement is eliminated, or at least reduced. Learning a language can be expensive. The Duolingo site says, We created Duolingo so that everyone could have a chance. Free language education, no hidden fees, no premium content, just free. So if you want to learn a new language or recover the ability to use another language that you once sort of knew, Duolingo is a great place to start. There's a link to the Duolingo site from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you scroll down to the bottom of any page on the TechBiter Worldwide website, at least any page created after 2011, you'll see an icon from SiteLock. The icon isn't present on earlier pages, but those pages are still protected by SiteLock. SiteLock monitors the site and alerts me when something is amiss so that I can fix it. The only problem I've seen in the past eight years involves another site that I had linked to. The company had gone out of business and the domain name had been acquired by someone who installed malware. SiteLock notified me and I removed the link. SiteLock is used on a huge number of websites and sometimes it's provided by the internet presence provider. I pay for SiteLock because popular websites are more likely to be hacked than less popular sites. SiteLock's Neil Feather says websites and web applications are a visible and vulnerable part of any company's infrastructure. Businesses can no longer assume that they are immune from cyber attacks. 
SiteLock monitors sites to detect malware that's been planted on the sites or when existing links are compromised, which is the issue that I encountered several years ago. After identifying malicious content, SiteLock can automatically remove the threat. The service also provides users with reports on scans, threats detected, and items removed. Like everything else, there is no guarantee that SiteLock will detect every possible problem. So it's still important for all Internet users to be cautious but having protections in place goes a long way toward eliminating threats. You can feel safe on the TechBiter Worldwide website when you visit to read spare parts, because that's the only place you'll find it. This week, several actions are important if you want to avoid being doxxed by somebody who's seeking to ridicule you. Do you still write checks? If so, security expert Frank Abagnale says you should rethink that practice. And 20 years ago, the world was becoming increasingly concerned with January 1st, 2000, expecting a Y2K disaster. But there were some voices of reason. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.